What's up? I'm Alexis Berry, and this is The Exhale. I want to thank you in advance for tuning in, and also want to let you know that the main goal of this podcast is to get connected through experiences and research. You can find me on Instagram under the underscore exhale. All right, I hope you enjoy. Episode 18, Story Time. So today, I'm going to be doing something different. I'm going to be taking a walk and uh, I'm going to record a bit of a story. I've had um, different people ask me what happened that led me here. Um, and I've definitely uh, mentioned parts of how my story happened. Um, but this is, this is going to be the episode where I fully explain as best as I possibly can, as best as I will fully allow myself to explain what happened. All right, let's get right into it. Okay, so the thought in my head about my story truly come to me, like, you know, as being necessary to share when I I received a message on Instagram, you know, someone said, Hey, um, you know, I was wondering if you could tell me what led you to your evolution because I'm trying to help my husband. Da, da, da. My first thought was, okay, um, I, I, I don't know anything about marriage. So I'm like, I don't, I don't really know how to help you for real. Second thought, I'm not a man. So, okay, I'm, I'm kind of like, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? The third thing was, I was like, okay. Let me just start typing and see where this takes me, right? Let me at least try to help her. So I get to the point where I'm telling her everything that I went through. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to feed this woman any kind of ideas. You know what I'm saying? Like talking about how I broke my leg, how how I almost lost my freedom, how everybody um, that was in my life, you know, took, took a... a a step back from me and said, I'm not going to enable you anymore. You know, I didn't want to get this woman any ideas to go break her husband's leg to leave him and, and take all the money and make sure that he had to figure out some type of way to get close with himself to figure some shit out. No, I, cause like my story is so unique. Everybody's story is unique. It's different. It took, like I've said plenty of times, it really took the extreme to get me to see I was not living right, you know. I it didn't take one time going to jail. It didn't take two times going to jail. Three times going to jail. It took three times going to jail. Then you know, them looking me in the face and saying, "Bro, you you really about to go to prison?" You know. So it took me. It took me a lot of shit that happened for me to fully get myself together, you know. And so, how did it all start? Okay. Let's see. I was 12, 12 years old. And, um, let's see. I was going back and forth to my mom and my dad's house. Okay? And that was cool. You know, I go to my dad's house every other weekend, hang out with him and his family. You know, and I get my child support as a result. I was cool with that. Being 12 years old, I knew what was going on, you know. 
I didn't really have much of a much of a relationship with my dad growing up until you know my mom see you know seen it was necessary to have him in my life because we needed we needed assistance you know and so let's see I go there I'm going there for maybe a year you know okay and uh I ended up like I'm when I say I'm not tech savvy, I mean like I don't know any of the words. But I you sit me down with some with some wires, some you know, something that connects to something and maybe the tools that I need, I can hook it up for you. You know? That's me. I can figure it out. So it was one of uh, my stepsisters' birthdays and I ended up hooking up the Wii for them. I tried to, you know, because I already had a Wii. You know, I was just trying to help them out. They get mad. They think I'm trying to take everything over. Whatever. In reality, why would I? I'm like literally thinking, why would I care to take over your weed when I could have went home? I could have stayed home and played my own weed. What what kind of sense does this make? None. Okay. So well, this is getting to a point of how, you know, things really started for me. Um, Man. The stepmom, you know, I don't even remember her name because that's how much I disassociated myself with what happened. So the stepmom gets mad. She starts calling me bitches and saying my mom's a bitch and saying that I'm a brat and all this, all this because her daughter's upset, right? Um, and I called my mom because I had a cell phone my mom and I'm like I just want to go home she like what happened I'm like I don't even want to talk about what happened you know I just want to come home okay and long story short basically that's the next part of the story my dad sides with them let's her continue to call me bitches let's her continue to call my mom bitches call me a brat call whatever she wants okay so then I'm gonna tell you that's where it started after that point, after that point of literally watching my dad turn his back on me, that's when I just say, you know what, I don't give a fuck, you know, I don't give a fuck no more about hardly anything, you know, and so I'm just going to be real, I didn't care about nothing, I didn't care about nothing because I didn't think I was nothing, alright, so that's how it started, I'm 12 years old, move forward, I keep getting in trouble in school, you know, talking while the teacher's talking, saying smart. It wasn't just that I was talking to my friends, all the teachers that, you know, talking, being disrespectful. I'm countering almost everything she's saying because I want a problem. I want to get thrown out. I want to get kicked out. So then I'll be forced to go home and then I can go back to my little shell, my little bubble in my room, watch TV and not have to. Not have to function, not have to worry about anybody else, you know, not have to be involved with anybody else. Anybody who hears this from my childhood, hears this from me going to school in that time, they're like, wow. So that's why you was doing it? Because a lot of people, they just thought, oh, Alexis is badass. You know, Alexis don't listen to nobody. Alexis don't care. Alexis is so funny. Whatever. The truth was that. I was burying myself, you know, 
in my depression. And so, as a result of constantly getting kicked out of school, almost stop. Almost stop. Almost As a result, I started hanging out with different people that were not in school, that either graduated, whatever the case may be, you know, they was just not there. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, started selling drugs, started hanging out with people that felt the same way as me, the same exact way. But I had to ask myself, how did it really start, though? How did it really, really, really start? You know? How did it really start? And that's how it started. You know? So, okay, moving forward. I'm hanging out with these people that really ain't no good. And, you know, I feel for them. Because I feel like we're alike. You know? we, we In reality, we're not alike. We all have unique stories. We all come from different situations, different scenarios, different circumstances. That, that story continues, right? You know? They really weren't my friends. They really didn't care. That's because they really didn't care about themselves. And I look back now and say, how can I say I truly care? I can't. You know? I just want to take a moment to say it's really nice out today. It's, it's weird. I'm going to say this. though. It's weird. It's weird walking around, recording yourself talking. And people are looking at you. Have some dogs. You know, it's just weird. It's weird. But I'm doing this because I wanted to really, really take a look at some things. You know what I'm saying? Take a look at some things while I talk so that my mind will not be afraid to express itself. So I can distract myself to a certain extent and be comfortable explaining. So moving forward, because I allowed that situation to rate my worth, I carried that with me. I carried the situation with me and I buried it down inside of me. Okay. Start hanging out with people that are not going to school, don't care about themselves, don't care about their family. I mean, that's what we was talking about. So it seemed like we didn't. All right. Let's see. Now, at this point, um, 16, I'll say 15, 16, I started skipping school, smoking weed, skipping school just because. You know what I'm saying? I think about it now. It's so stupid. Skipping school to go sit in the woods. You know what I'm saying? And do what? Nothing. Talk about how we hope our parents, how, how, well, they say our parents, but I'm like, my mom or my grandma, hopefully they don't find out. They, I'm, I'm like, I always downplay myself. Always downplay my intelligence, right? I knew that my mom knew. My mom, she knew when I would go to school, the days that I was about to not go to school. She knew. She could just feel it. It's interesting deciding left to right, left to right. <laughs> okay, she knew I wasn't going to go to school. She knew, you know. She knew. And I want to say this. The best thing that my mom did for me 
growing up is tell me that she did not know. And then the second best thing that she told me, just take it one day at a time, Lexi. Okay, so moving forward, I'm skipping school, smoking weed, hanging out with the wrong people, okay? This one, I'm 15, 16. This continues. Now, when I turn, I'm going to say, really, I was in being 16, you know, about to be 17. That's when I started being, started getting attached to relationships. That's when I started getting attached uh, to females, okay? So, basically, this is what happened. The first time I ever really got attached was um, I was dating this girl who lived across town. And her mom was cool. She let me come spend the night. She let me, you know, whatever. So I, and, and she let me come spend the night for days. Okay. And my mom, she kind of fucked up because she allowed it. Right. And because she allowed it. Right. I thought it was okay. And I started abusing it. Started calling my mom and have her come bring my clothes from across town. As soon as I get out of school, have her drive me off across town, you know. And it was toxic because I was going there to escape. I was going there to pretend that was I wasn't in the family that I was in. I was going there to pretend, you know, that things weren't really going on. And plus I knew, you know. I could smoke weed, you know. Oh, they they let me smoke weed there and let me smoke cigarettes there, all that. And so I went there to do that. And then, see, there's parts of the stories that I feel is unnecessary or it's unjust to tell because it's not just my story, you know. I don't want to put anybody's information out too deeply. And, yeah, but I guess, I just had thought in my head, I guess if I don't share their name, it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? Because I hate to tell you, I hate to say this, I hate to admit it, I hate to hear it from myself. I dated so many girls that if I say I dated this girl when I was 16, there's not a lot of people who can put these pieces together. The people that put these pieces together, they can put one piece together, but they can't put another together. You know, so let's fast forward, okay? Because I really ain't got no shame. This is to help people. You figure out a way to share your story. You figure out a way to sit down and and think about where does this anxiety come from? Where does this depression come from? Where does this fear come from? Okay, so I'm with this girl, and I start putting my all into it. Come time for her birthday, which is three days after mine, okay? What do I do? Bam. I go to Kohl's and I buy a ring. My mom's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, it's just a ring, mom. It's nothing. It's not like that. It's just a ring. She's like, bullshit. There's no such thing as buying a girl just a ring. You're not just, just buying a girl a ring. There's some kind of intention behind this. Of course, I knew I was going to be like, this is a promise ring. I want you to, you know, let's promise ourselves to each other. Bunch of cliche bullshit. Now I'm saying it's cliche bullshit, but then it was like, I was so serious. I give the girl the ring, right? Okay. And I want to note that there was zero qualifications. And there had been zero qualifications to be my girlfriend for a long time. Up until, I would say, 
two months ago. About zero qualifications, which is not good. So, if you get in fucked up relationship, look at your qualifications, please. <laughs> I had to look at my qualifications. What was I asking these girls? What did it take to be my girlfriend? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Do you smoke weed? Oh, cool, cool, cool. Right? So, she passed the test. Her, her favorite color didn't clash with mine. Her food, favorite food didn't clash with mine. I could stand to eat that. You know what I'm saying? Does she smoke weed? Yeah, she smoked weed. Okay, cool. We can smoke weed together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to go right. Okay. Moving forward. Sheesh. Ended up, she took the ring off, lost the ring, didn't give a fuck about the ring, okay? At all. She did not. She didn't even say, yeah, let, like, oh, yeah, let's promise ourselves to each other. None of that. It was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for the ring. Boom, let me put it on. Okay, let's, let's go smoke. Let's go chill. Let's go do something. Move forward. Let's see, a couple weeks. A couple weeks go by. And she ended up cheating on me. This is how the story went. She said that she had got raped. That's why I said this story goes so deep and it's somebody else's story. So is it? But no, it's a part of my story and it's necessary to share. All right. I'm probably going to hit Papa Yui. I'm popping a Yui right now. I'm turning back around. All right. Let's see. She, she said she got raped. She said she got raped. And my mom was raped. Okay. So my mom explained to me from, at a very young age. Don't let this happen. Don't let that happen. And if anything, anything, anything happens, you tell me and I'll believe you. I don't care what anybody says. I'll believe you. I don't care what happens. Tell me. So I took that shit serious, right? She told me that she got raped. This is a little bit fast forward. My mom got tired of taking me back and forth to town. She checked my shit. She said, no, you don't, you don't even have gas money. You don't even have a job. To give me no money to do nothing. So, no, I'm not taking you across town to nowhere. So, the night that she told me that she got raped, I say, Mom, can you please take me out there? I have to go. I have to go make sure that she's okay. She, my mom said, no. Mm-mm. Hell no. And then she actually said, for real, for real, you know, I already took my medicine. You know? I already took my medicine. I'm not driving. So, what do I do? I put on my jeans, I put on my boots, which were the worst walking shoes in the world. Passing a little bitty dog. Let's see. He's adorable. She's adorable. She's wearing a little bitty dress. It's crazy. Okay. So I walked there. All the way across town. It took me four, five hours. I actually, you know what? She's at the hospital. So I walked to the hospital, which was in the middle of town. It took me like three hours, almost four hours, right? By the time I get there, my feet are so fucking blistered and hurt because I ran out of the house. I'm going to say this. I ran out of the house in such a hurry. I didn't put no socks on. So let's move forward. Come to find out, no, she had not been raped. Okay, she had been having sex with this boy, right? Was the same age as us. Okay, but this time that they had sex, he didn't wear a condom. Okay, and so she was scared that she was going to get pregnant. And the other thing was is that 
he left. He left her. He went back to where he was from. He said, fuck this. I'm not dealing with this shit. And he left. And she was scared. So she went to the hospital to, you know, get a plan B. Okay? That's logical, right? But she told me she was raped. And she told me all this happened, all this happened, all this happened. And I really believed her. So then when I found out the truth, that's where the trust the trust issues really started fucking with me. That I've said span from my dad turning his back on me. I was like, I'm your only child. You know? Your blood. And you gonna turn your back on me? Man, that made it hard to trust. So then when I went through this situation and the, and the girl looked me in the face and lied about something like that, damn. My trust issues got turned up. My anxiety got turned up. All right. So it was after this point that I went to, you know, I went back home. There was no more going to her house. There was no more hanging out. There was no more none of that shit. That shit was dead. She moved. It was over. God, like, literally took her out of my life, you know? So then um, I went back to school and I was still, you know, upset about everything. I was still smoking weed, but this time I was smoking weed by myself. You know what I'm saying? Every morning before school, I was smoking weed. I would still skip class, but it was by myself. Now I had totally separated myself. I didn't want to be around nobody who was like me. I didn't want to be around nobody who, whatever. I just wanted to be alone. Okay. So, then, let's see. That's when I just started to really feel like that unworthy. That unworthy feeling was really, really kicking me in the ass. And I dropped out of school. I stopped doing my work. And I dropped out of school. I guess the thing that needs to be mentioned before that is this. I, let me see, because I have to make sure that, yeah, that is what happened. So, that was the first time that I tried to kill myself. I took a bunch of my mom's pills, right? A bunch of her pills, okay? My mom had bipolar, this depression, anxiety, mood disorder, all the pills that she had was, you know, they was hurting her and helping her. So imagine me taking. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take 10 of these. I'm going to take 10 of these. I'm going to take 7 of these. I'm going to take 7 of these. Right? I started taking the pills. And uh, I felt myself slipping away. As 10, 15 minutes passed, okay, I done took the pills. I'm laying in bed. I feel myself falling into a black hole, literally about to... Um, I guess just pass out, right? I don't really know. I was started. I got up. I started crying. I looked myself in the mirror. And I, I started praying to God and begging him. Please help me. No, no, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Please don't. Don't, don't, don't. Right? 
but it was out of my it was out of my control and I literally put it in God's hand because at a young age I knew my mom taught me God will have it no matter what you know so I um prayed to him and I fell asleep and when I woke up it was little parts that I remember my mom banging on the door and I was trying to get up and open it I locked the door in case someone would try you know I didn't want anybody to help me you know and then I was scared and then I just passed out I didn't want nobody to help me so after you know she she brought she um has my little brother uh, come open the door because he knows how to pick locks. Why? I'm not going to go there. Who knows? So he picks the lock. He opens the door. I know this because they told me. But what I remember is my mom coming in and her picking me up and carrying me and then handing me to the, uh, a paramedic and him carrying me down the hill, right? And then I remember being in the hospital. Then it goes out. Then I remember, uh, I remember waking up in the hospital with tubes and, and shit all over me. And I couldn't get up. And I went back down. Okay. Then when I woke up, I didn't have the tubes down my throat no more. And I uh, was like, can somebody please help me go to the bathroom? You know, anybody, please help me, help me, help me go to the bathroom. There's a guy with a leaf blower down here. So I'm probably... I'm probably going to hit this left. Okay, so... Let's see. Let's go left. Alright. I'm probably going to cross the street or something. Let's see. So, that was the first time I ever tried to kill myself. Okay? And all that happened because of all these emotions that I was not dealing with. That I really didn't even recognize as the problem. You know what I'm saying? I was literally, I literally just, just hated my life just to hate my life. And it was so general. That's, that's pathetic how general it was. Um, and it's okay to be pathetic. Because that's how you get courageous. That's how you see the point of bravery. You know? So, I got in the hospital. And this is a defining moment. It's important to mention because this was the first time. This is when I started to take that downhill. You know, was that plunder? Is that a word? I don't, I don't know. You know, but I started going downhill and I started going downhill fast. All right, I'm crossing the street. All right. So let's move forward. Try to kill myself. Uh, I'm in the hospital. I'm talking to all these doctors, and they they act like this, they act like that. But because of my trust issues, I don't give a fuck. I'm like y'all don't care about me. Nobody cares about me. Okay. So I'm in the hospital for a while, and then um, I come back to school. When I come back to school, it's been two months. Yeah, they've been sending me my work, but that work has been sitting in a folder. Them doctors didn't give a fuck about my schoolwork. They was trying to help me emotionally. 
Help me stay alive. Help me to see that there's so much more to life than pain and hurt and sorrow. And so none of that work got done. So when I got back to school, a lot of shit, um, you know, was piled on my head and I felt like I couldn't come back from it. Okay. The work just kept piling up. Everything just kept piling up, right? The emotions, the work, everything. The homework. And so, it's interesting. You guys are going to hear everything that's going on around me. It's kind of cool, I guess. Okay. So, as a result, I drop out of school. I needed my mom to sign the paper to drop out. I dropped out. She signed it. I dropped out. Okay. She said, Lexi, that's the thing about my mom. She just wanted to do right by her kids. She just wanted to do right by everybody. Okay. I'm going to hit the, I'm going to definitely turn around because I'm like, I'm coming, I'm, I'm walking away from the leaf blower going into a construction site. Wow. I don't really care though doesn't really matter to me but um she's wanted to please us she's wanted to be happy you know she knew that was hurting she knew everything that was going on not parts she could put the pieces together because she knew everything okay she let me drop out of school so I dropped out of school and as days passed I was like I was so so disappointed in myself you know so disappointed myself and um you know I thought I was gonna go to the army you know I was literally training and doing everything I needed to do to go to the army then my brother asked me a question my little brother asked me a question he said so you want to go to the army you have the you have the strength to look somebody in the face and kill them because your country tells you you should because your government tells you you should you have that strength, Lexi? And I started I started thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? I do have the strength to kill somebody. That's the problem. So I thought to myself, mm, I probably shouldn't go. I probably shouldn't go to the army to enable that killer in me. Right? I, I just thought this this isn't gonna end well. Right? And that was the best thing I did for myself was not go because who knows where I would be right now. Okay. So I decided not to go to the army. And I was just feeling down. And, and my grandma, she, she she was outside smoking a cigarette. I was outside smoking a cigarette. And she said she, she was sad, you know. And she started crying. She was like... I, you know, she said, Sissy, I just want you to do something with yourself. I don't care what it is that you do. I just want you to do something with yourself. You know, it hurt her to see me hurt. Man, that hurt. So, I went back to school. I went back to school. I go up there, I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? What do I need to do? Just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. I don't care what it is, I'll do it. They tell me there's nothing you can do. It's over. You can come back next year, be with the kids, you know, behind you. There's nothing you can do. I'm 
like, that's not even an option for me. I, I cannot stand to be around people. Especially not the fucking kids behind me. You know, that's what I'm thinking. So, she says, there's one other option, though. You can go to Douglas. And, like, go to Douglas. Man, I'm, I wasn't good. I did bad. I didn't do right. But I damn sure wasn't as bad as the kids from Douglas. That's what I thought. But in reality, we all have our faults. There's kids at Hickman. That's where I went first. And way worse than people at Douglas. People go there for different reasons. So, I went to Douglas. I got I got my diploma. Everything was cool, great. Let's let's keep going forward. After I get my diploma, I didn't really care. Like I said, I partied. I partied that day, that night, so fucking hard. Probably spent about five hundred dollars on weed, on drinks, on rides, on whatever. Just keep going, keep going. Food, you know. And I was a nice person, so people took advantage of me. That's how that kind of evolves. Is that I was, I was caring about people around me that were not my friend, right? Okay. Even though I said I don't care about nobody, there was people that snuck in my heart, and I felt obligated to help them. Okay. So that's whenever I started working and partying every day. That's when I started quitting my job every two weeks. I right now. I've definitely had more than 50 jobs. I'm definitely qualified for damn near any kind of job there is. My resume, though, I include three jobs. As far as anybody else wants to know, I've worked three jobs. Okay? <laughs> so, and then that started when I turned 18. And I said, I said, fuck this shit. I'm not going to do this shit no more. I started selling drugs. Okay? Started selling weed. I'm gonna lie. But like, oh, I started selling drugs. Started selling weed, bro. You know? Here and there to a couple bitches who wanted to smoke, who didn't know what they were doing. You know? Okay. I'll, I'm gonna overprice the fuck out of these bitches. I'm gonna do whatever. Because they don't know, right? That's where all that shit, the greed, started hitting me. So I started selling weed, and uh, one day it wasn't enough. Let's 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 rewind a little bit. Let's rewind a little bit. I started selling weed. I started pretending to be somebody that I wasn't, right? I I didn't care anymore. Me and my mom didn't even really talk anymore. Me and my grandma definitely didn't talk. Me and my brothers, they'd be like, you know, my big brother was in college, so he was already gone. You know, I didn't give a fuck when he came home. When he come home, I'd be like, oh yeah, cool. I see you when I see you. I didn't give a fuck. My little brother be like. Hey, Lexi, you want to play a game with me? You want to you wanna hang out with me? And I would be like, yeah, I'll be right back. Put my clothes on and walk out the front door. and Or hop right in the shower and he'd be like, what you doing? And I'd be like, I'm about to leave. And he'd be like, but I thought we were about to play a game. And I'd be like, how are we going to play a game if I'm about to leave? Okay, I was just so dirty to them. So... 18, I meet this girl that I started dating. That's when things really got tough. Okay? Now, a lot of people can put the pieces together for this because I was with this girl for so long. I was with her for seven years. So, fast forward. 
been dating her for a while, selling drugs. I don't care about my family. I remember specifically saying, and this is so fucked up, but I want to say it because it's a part of the story. My mom kept calling me. My grandma kept calling me. And I was staying at this girl's house. Okay? This girl... Her grandma was cool, like the last girl's mama was cool. We smoked weed, we smoked cigarettes, we did whatever, right? I started hanging out at her house. That's the party house. This is the cool house, right? And uh, let me cross the street real quick. And um, my mom kept calling, my grandma kept calling, and I remember saying, her saying, why don't you pick up the phone, you know? And I said that... At this point, I don't need my mom and I don't need my grandma. It wouldn't make a difference to me if they if they disappeared tomorrow. I said that. That's so fucked up. I've never told anybody that I've said that. Um, so, a couple weeks after I said that, I was like, maybe I would say a month. I give a little bit of room. A month after I said that, my mom tried to commit suicide. She um she set herself on fire in a, in her van, but her survival instincts kicked in, and she jumped out of the car and started rolling and tried to save her life. She did. I'm actually gonna go straight stuff. Um. She saved her life, and she ended up dying in the hospital. So, did she die from suicide? No. She died in the hospital because she had surgery, and then they pulled the plug and everything. We were standing around her. You know, it was so dramatic. It was so traumatic. Yeah. And that's when I really started to think that I'm not supposed to have anything. I'm not supposed to do anything with myself. Me and this girl, I don't give a fuck about it. I was literally using her as an escape, a place to go and drink and smoke and not have to be Alexis Berry from this family where my mom did that, you know? I couldn't even wrap my brain around it for so long. I thought somebody did that to her, you know? Up until seven, six or seven months ago that I truly accept that. Nobody did anything to her. You know, it was something, if anything, she was spiritually attacked. You know, it was spiritual warfare. You know, I had to look at it that way and understand that it was time for her to go. And whatever plans they were for, they were bigger than the plans that were on earth for her. Me and this girl, man, I started taking out my issues on her. She started taking her issues out on me. Okay? Physical, emotional, uh, every kind of abuse, you know, every kind. And, um, you know, as years progressed, me hitting her in her head, her hitting me in my head, blood everywhere, us damn near dying and shit. And, and, and my cousin asked me, bro, how, how, do you, how do you stay with this girl? You know, what makes you go back? What makes you, you know, what makes you keep being with her? I say the truth. Man, I get high and I forget how mad I am. I get high and I forget. Um, excuse me. I get high and I forget. 
what the next thing for me to do was. I just didn't care, you know. I get high and I just didn't care anymore. You know, we went through this point going back and forth for seven years. We almost killed each other more than three times. Okay. What made things stop? One day, this is way in the future after we've been together for years. This is the fifth year, okay, of us being together. About six, because this is when shit started changing. We bought some shrooms, okay? I do the shrooms, and both of us start tripping balls set. Both of us start tripping balls set, okay? You don't know what I'm talking about? 21 Jump Street, tripping ball sack. Go watch it. Bad. But then go to the reverse of a bad trip. It was intense. It was an intense bad trip. So, the little baby birds are hungry, I suppose. Are they just very talkative this morning? I don't know. Okay, so, tripping ball sack. She gets to the point where she's laid down. Like, she's not moving. You know what I'm saying? She's literally just staring at the TV with no response. I, I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure she was drooling. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with her? Okay. Cool. And uh, I'm like in the middle of doing laundry. Why are you doing laundry? Only some high shit. Only some high shit. Okay. So. Um. I walk downstairs and I look in I look in the window and I see a handprint. I'm on the third level. I see a handprint, like a ghost. You know what I'm saying? Let's see which way I'm gonna go. I'll take a left. Alright. So I see a handprint. Some weird shit. I'm like, what the fuck? And I go back upstairs, go go back into the room. Okay. Then she's still laid out, not moving. I look up and go into the bathroom. I look at myself in the mirror and I see myself smile. And I'm not smiling. I was like, what the fuck is this? What is going on? I wonder if it's interesting to hear all this stuff going on. I'm going to play it back and see what's up with this. But I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I started having all these emotions that, you know, you're not living right, you're not doing right, you need to change your life. Right? Because I really saw, I felt like I could see, like, the bad feelings on me. You know? I, it's hard to explain. I could just see the bad feelings on me, and I, and I like that shit. And so, I, um, I, I, you know, I get her up, and I'm like, hey, we need to get married. We need to start living right. You know, we need to get ourselves together. I don't want to I don't want to sell drugs no more. I don't want to be like this no more. I don't want to do this no more. Okay? So, after that happens and after that happens, I get myself together somewhat. I start working at a job and I stayed there longer than 2 weeks. Um I bought a ring. Asked her to marry me. Asked her to be my be my wife. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the fuck I was doing. So after that happened, I met, like I said, I met somebody that I thought was cool as hell. 
you know, and still to this day, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She all right. So I met somebody. I'm actually, like, I just walked up to this park, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in this park real quick and stop. And this is where I'm going to do the rest of my podcast. All right. Let's see. Started, I met this woman, you know, that I thought was really dope. I thought was really cool. And I'm like, damn, we got this weird-ass connection. And I just asked this girl to marry me. You know, I'm like, um, what, are, what, what does this mean, Lord? So, I said, what does this mean, Lord? I didn't, I would ask God and I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen, I wouldn't care. So I started cheating on the girl I was with, who was technically my fiance, right? Started cheating on her. Time progresses, I start going to this chakra treatment. And then that opened the floodgates for my emotions. I guess, I mean, I really think about it now, and it's like, the closer you get to yourself, the more you feel yourself, the more you feel your emotions, right? The less you can hide from them. So that was probably what happened. I could feel my emotions more. So they were on the surface of what really wasn't the surface. You know what I'm saying? Which led me to believe I can't marry this girl. I can't marry this girl. And I want to also mention something. You know, I'm a lesbian, right? But I, we were trying to have a kid. Now, I'm not saying that's dope as a motherfucker. Like, you know them birds from Rio? It's just a whole bunch of them over here. Those are the ones that are talking. They're singing. I don't know what they're doing, but I had never seen these birds before. They're so cool. Okay, so back to what I was saying. Um, I artificially inseminated her, not once, not twice, but three times. And every single time I did, I would pray to God, please, Lord, don't. Don't allow her to get pregnant. Don't allow her to get pregnant. And you're like, well, then why the fuck were you inseminating her? She would literally cry and scream and yell and say, all I want is to be a mom. All I want is to have kids. All I want is to have somebody who just loves me because they love me. And they're going to continue to love me for the rest of, you know. But I enabled it. And I was a part of it. But that was a part of the story. So, yeah. Praying to God, please don't allow her to be pregnant. Please don't allow her to be pregnant. <sighs> Finally, I get enough strength to say, fuck this relationship. Fuck that shit. She ended up not getting pregnant every time. God is real. God is the truth. God will save you. God will take you wherever you want him to. You just have to ask. And I thank God for it. She didn't get pregnant. I ended up leaving. First time I left, I stole the car. It was my It was my car. It was, she gonna say it's her car. Okay, fine. Let it be. I stole her car. I took all the money. Left the dog. Left the apartment. Take a little petty shit around the house. You know, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. Take the ring. Throw that bitch out the window. Off the balcony. This is the second time I throw that motherfucker off the balcony. 
okay? But I felt too much um, guilt. I felt way too much guilt over and I ended up coming back. Never mind that she called the police on me, okay? So, I also skipped around a little bit, but I mentioned this part of the story before. Before that happened, a year before I asked her to marry me, a year before the shrooms, a year before that, that's when I got caught up, um, you know, got the uh, drug charge, and I still wasn't stopped selling drugs, you know, I still didn't stop selling drugs after that, and so I had this charge on me, and she called the police, so I got scared, and I come back, that's really what happened, I did feel guilt, I was, you know, I felt bad, okay, the second time I left, I took the car again, I took the money, okay, I come back, and it's like, why you keep coming back, I think honestly, to be honest, I wanted her to chase me. I wanted, um, mm, I just, I just didn't, I, I was lying to myself. I get by myself and I forget, get high and forget how mad I was. And then I'd start saying, I miss her. I don't want to be alone. I, you know, my attachment, I had attachment problems and I, and I definitely have abandonment issues. Okay had zero boundaries, okay, and, um, finally, one day I say, you know what, I don't need a car, I don't need, I don't need to take all of our money, I, I said, fuck it, you can have the money, I even left, left my money, and I left, and I, and I moved into a hotel room, I left with enough money to go to a hotel room, okay, not bounce. And I started living at the hotel and I was working. And you've heard this part of the story. That's when I lost my job. Okay, so I lost my job. I know what to do. But at this point, I was getting more closer to myself. I was meditating. I was, you know, starting to heal from my problems, right? I was still suppressing shit, smoking, drinking. I finally stopped selling weed. I stopped selling everything. When I moved into the hotel room. Was it because I didn't have money to fund it? No. I really felt bad. Looking at these people. Where I was. I was at the welcome in. And they were so fucking high. And they were so fucking off the chain. And, and I knew that. No I did not sell them nothing. But I played my role in it. With different people. So it made me feel really 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 bad. And then I knew in my heart that, you know, my mom was a drug addict. That really hurt me. I don't care too much about my dad, for real. But he was a drug addict. So I'm a product of that shit, okay? And I don't need to be contributing to that shit. If anything, I need to be helping that shit. So that's when I fully stopped. I'm at the welcome in. I don't know what I'm going to do. I call my probation officer and she's like, yeah, I can I can help you go stay at a sober living house. It costs a hundred dollars a month to stay there. And um Yeah, you can go live at a sober living house. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I I'm gonna tell you this. I hadn't smiled so hard in my life. 
I hadn't been that happy in a long time. When I'm literally taking my bags from the welcome and I'm walking to the sober living house, I was so happy. I was singing. I was like, I'm dancing. I'm happy. I'm so happy to get out of the welcome in. I'm so happy to get away from here. But then reality hit when I got to the welcome in, when I got to the sober living house, and then they, they really were really sober in this motherfucker. They drug tested me as soon as I got in that bitch. And when I dropped dirty, of course, because I've been smoking weed, they're like, you got to stop smoking weed for real. I stay there for, for about six hours, and I'm like, I got to stop smoking weed. I don't know if I can do this. I call my ex. I'm like, yeah, I'm staying at a sober living house right now. I don't have nowhere to go. I ain't even say, can I come stay with you? She's like, yeah, you can come. And I'm like, yeah, there's only one thing. I don't have a ride. So she sends a lift to come get me, okay? And, uh, yeah, so that's why I said, I don't want to tear nobody down. I appreciate what everybody's done for me. I really, really, really do. So, um, she paid for the lift for me to come back, and I come back, and... I still am not having the motivation or the will to feel worthy enough to live my life, to actually be capable. I'm going to say this. It was at the Welcome In that I started the podcast, though. I did my first episode at the Welcome In. You hear squeaking. I'm, I'm literally in the bathroom, sitting on the toilet. You know what I'm saying? Toilet seat's shut. I'm shut. I'm not taking a shit. I'm not taking a piss. So don't get weirded out. But I'm in there. And that's when I started my podcast. Okay? But I still didn't have that consistent motivation in my life to keep going. So when I started living back with her, lines start getting crossed, of course. You know what I'm saying? You, you should not live with your ex if you're not at a certain maturity level, right? Lines start getting crossed. Are we dating again? Are we not? We don't really know. And then um, move forward. I made it very clear. I can't date you. I can't. I said, I can't even attempt to attempt to attempt to attempt to date you. Because I don't want to. There was crying. There was screaming. There was everything. But one day she fully got it. And it got to the point where I supported her and her relationship. Move forward. I was trying to be nice one day because she was still smoke. She was smoking me. You know what I'm saying? I gave her gave her what I was going to give the uh, sober living house, $100. You know, and to be fair, I furnished the whole motherfucking place before I left. You know, I had been paying the bills before I left. There were so many things that we did for each other that was like, we can't settle the score. But she was smoking with me, right? And so... When she come back home from work, and I wasn't working, I still wasn't working. I was, I said I was looking for a job, but I really wasn't looking that hard. You know what I'm saying? I really wasn't looking that hard at all, at all. So um, she was like, "I'm thirsty. I think I'm about to go to the gas station and get me a uh, soda." I'm like, "I got you. Don't even worry about that. I'll go get the soda." I'm walking to the gas station. Oh, what happened to the girl that I was cheating on her with? She withered in the wind. She was in a relationship. She was married. She was married with kids, bro. So we both was in conflicting situations and was only fucking with each other to suppress shit. And she withered in the wind, you know. Let's be real. Let's keep it 100 because that's what I'm doing on this 
she ghosted me. Somehow, some way, this is really what happened. Her husband saw our messages, and 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 that was that. She was still trying to find secretive ways for us to meet up, and I'm like, nah, I, I didn't even want to put that. Much. I didn't want to put no effort into that. I didn't want to put no effort into a lot of shit for real, for real. Okay, so I'm living with my ex. I'm going to get her the soda. I'm walking to the gas station. I get a phone call from. I get a phone call from this place, and they want to. They want to do an interview. And I already know, like, this is the type of job you literally go for an interview. You have the job. You know, it was a cook position. I had cooked so many places. I knew I had the job in the bag. I was excited. I jumped. I, I kind of, like, I stepped. I stepped. I stepped over. I stepped over this piece of snow to get onto the parking lot grounds to go get the soda. You know, I'm in a good mood. And then I slipped. I fell backwards on my leg. And I heard that, that noise. And I thought I just twisted my ankle. I thought I just twisted the fuck out my ankle, you know? So I tried to get up. And my shit was like, I said, it was mangled. Like I couldn't even, I, I couldn't move it at all. It was just dangling. My leg was, my ankle was just dangling. And then I, I went back on the ground. I was like, oh, no, I can't walk. That's when this lady comes up out of nowhere. She, she's like, she pulls up with her car. You want me to take you to the hospital? I'm like, yeah, I want you to take me to the hospital. I'm not waiting for the ambulance. So I go, I called, first I called my ex and I told her that I fell. And she was like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm dead serious. I fell and I hurt myself. She's like, oh, my gosh. So she runs there. The lady takes us to the uh, hospital. This is during COVID, so... I was in there by myself. The people at the hospital, the nurses, they didn't believe I broke my leg. They thought I was just, I don't know what the fuck they thought. I don't really care what they thought. They don't get paid to think. So that's what they did. They did not think. Okay. So the night progresses and it takes forever for me to get my x-rays back. It takes forever for everything to happen. They come back and they're like, your leg's broken, your ankle's broken, and your foot's broken. When I got out that motherfucker, though, only thing they could give me was a splint. They gave me a splint cast for my leg, and they were like, you're going to have to go to a specialist. And then they'll they'll give you everything that you need. I'm laid up, you know, and, and I started really feeling everything and started acknowledging everything, seeing the mess around me and everything like that. I was on the third level and there was no way that I could exit if something were to happen. You know, that's what I started thinking about. What if something happened? Because my ex was at work all day. I was in the house with the dog and the dog was literally crying because I couldn't take him out. Looking at me just crying. That shit just hurt. You know, that shit really hurt me and it still hurts me to this day. I broke my leg and then I say, you know what? I finally gained the courage. I asked God what to do one night. And he told me to ask my grandma to stay with her. And I'm like, but she ain't going to let me stay with her. He's like, tell her what happened. And I, and I promise you, she will let you come stay with her. And so I tell my grandma what happened. And I ask her if I can come live with her, come stay with her. She says, yes. You know, and she says, but I got to come get you tomorrow. 
because it's supposed to rain. And that was like, I had to be sure that I was certain that I was positive that this is what I wanted to do because it's really happening. So I, 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 you know, they gave me a boot. I went to the specialist. They gave me a boot. No, no, no. They put me in a new splint. This was miserable. That cast. They put me in a fucking cast, bro. And I'm in crutches. I'm in. A, I got a cast on my fucking whole leg, damn near. Let's say from the knee down, I have cast. You know. And I, I have all this stuff in here. I have all my clothes. I have all these books. I have all these pictures. I have so much stuff. And I only could carry a backpack and a duffel bag. Because I'm literally on crutches. And I'm still wondering, how am I going to get down three flights of steps? There's no elevator. Okay? So, I packed the important stuff. My baby book. Enough clothes for me to wear. Enough underwear for me to wear. To where I wouldn't have to do laundry for a week. Or wouldn't have, you know, somebody, you know, my grandma wouldn't have to do laundry for me for a week. One pair of shoes that was on my feet. You know? And that really, that really um, took a toll on me as well. Because I had to leave my shit behind. I had to say, okay, what's important, what is not. So then, that was really, really hard for me to do, to move on with my grandma. Because I left the house when I was 18. I've been providing for myself pretty much since I was 18. So to go back to my grandma's house, I felt like, now I felt like a really complete failure. It was one thing to lay up with no job. It was another thing to lay up with no job and a broken leg. But it was another thing to lay up, no job, broken leg, and I got to move back home. And my ego was murdered through this situation. Everything I thought of myself was murdered through this situation. And um, moving my grandma, I'm tested. You know, she knows she's not a very easy person to get along with. I'm not a very easy person to get along with either. You know, I had to, I had to stop smoking weed because that's not allowed in her house. I couldn't even go outside because, you know, I'm on crutches and there's snow everywhere. Okay? Snow and ice and, and in Missouri when it's fucking winter, there's a fucking winter storm every other week, bro. That meaning there's like literally blow, like it's just bad. You know? It's a snowstorm every other week. So I was, I felt trapped. So now I had no job, a broken leg, I had to go back home and I couldn't even go outside and get no fresh air. There's no opening no windows because I open a window and my grandma's like, who opened this window? You know, this it's not happening. I get surgery, okay? And um, they gave me some Percocets for the pain. Okay, my leg, man, they cut my shit open, vacuumed out the broken bones in my ankle and with some screws and some sutures and a they put a plate in my foot, some screws and pins in my ankle and sutures to hold my ankle back together. And then as far as my leg being broken, it just had to heal on its own. My shit really, my shit felt like what they did to me happened. 
They cut my shit open. They drilled me. They drilled holes in my shit. Drilled screws in my shit. You know what I'm saying? Ugh. Yeah, I can feel that shit. It hurts. So I was taking the Percocets. Anybody who knows anything about Percocets, it's just not good to take. Because they hurt your stomach. They have an effect on your stomach. Okay? They literally are burning the insides of you as they, you know, are numbing whatever nerves or whatever, however it works, right? I took the Percocets for two weeks. That would be, I would say, I would take, it it doesn't even matter the dosage. I'm like, I don't remember. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember. I took a lot over the course of the two weeks. It was as needed. It's like 30 pills. And by the time the two-week span mark hit, I had like eight pills left. Okay, so that's a lot. So, move forward. One day, I felt my leg feeling better. And my grandma was saying, I don't want you to get addicted to these pills. And I'm like, I'm not going to get addicted to these pills. I promise I'm not. Okay? And so... This day, I started feeling better, and I honestly felt like I did not need the pills. I still popped two of them. It was that day that my stomach dropped, and everything I ate, I threw up. I couldn't drink no water. I was sick as a dog. I got to the point where I was throwing up so much, and I was dehydrated. I got to the point, I was, because I was throwing up so much, I got dehydrated, and I got the shakes, and I got the chills, and all this shit happened. I had to go to the hospital. I was in the hospital for four days. Um, and then through that process, they were giving me a combination of stomach medicines, famidine, all this shit, right, to try to help me because I was so nauseous that I couldn't move. On the fourth day, they're like, I don't know what to tell you. We don't know what's wrong with you. You don't have um, an ulcer. You, you know, I don't know what's wrong with you. We're sending you home. I don't have no insurance. They had to send me home. They can't continue to help me for free, you know, even somebody who's dying, they just, you know, make sure that they're not going to die today, and they send them home, right, so they sent me home, and for a week and a half, I couldn't, I couldn't get up out of bed, I could not go to the bathroom, I could not eat, I could not drink, I could not do anything other than lay there, be nauseous, fall asleep, okay, it was like a super humbling experience. I'm crying in bed, just begging God to help me. Please help me, Lord. Please help me, Lord. This is a long story. That's why I just never really wanted to fully tell the story. It got so fucking long. So then, a week and a half goes by of me feeling sick. And eventually I started feeling better. And I started feeling more better. And then I started feeling more better. And then I started getting my eating habits together. That's why I said a lot of the relationships I was in, and I put quotations marks around that, relationships, whatever the fuck they were, I'm grateful for them. Because they got me to where I'm supposed to be. I met a girl, I met a woman who taught me healthy eating habits. And through that process, I became a pescatarian, okay? And that really, 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 really helped me. It helped me see how bogged down I was from certain foods. It helped me see what was really 
like hurting me, my stomach, you know. For years, I wasn't able to eat. But then finally, it took me down, and I, and I had to change some things. So I changed my eating habits. I started meditating more consistently, eating better consistently, um, practicing better ways to deal with my emotions more consistently. My leg was healing. I was doing my podcast more. But I still didn't know if things were going to get better. I did not know. I didn't know if I was going to be able to walk, for real. Because every time I try to walk, my shit hurt. I would literally try to walk, and I I hear crunching in my fucking leg. And now I realize that was just the pins and screws getting adjusted. That's sickening. But, uh, yeah. I said to myself, I just want to go to the beach and smoke. That's what I wanted to do. But I said, when my leg gets better, I just want to go to the beach and I want to smoke. So I took it seriously. And as soon as I got better, it was um, literally the best birthday present I've ever had in my entire life. A week before my birthday. Took the boot off. And the doctor told me, you can walk. Start trying to walk. I know you're scared. Start trying to walk. It was the best birthday present I ever got in my whole life. Um, sincerely, so far, the best birthday present I've ever had in my whole life was being told, yeah, you go ahead and try to walk. And I promise you're not going to hurt yourself. And I started walking. A month later, I was walking. I was taking little walks around in the neighborhood. And, you know, I was able to... It felt so good to to be able to go microwave my food without my crutches. It felt so good to be able to go sit outside. It felt so good to just lay them crutches down and not need them. It felt so good, you know? It's like, through all that shit that tore me down, it was that that built me up, you know? Those crutches tore me down, but those crutches built me back up. I buy a plane ticket, I go to LA, I rent me a car, and you know what I did? I smoked at every single fucking beach in California. Damn near. Was, uh, I, I, I didn't go to um, a couple, you know what I'm saying? I went to damn near every beach in California, and I smoked. And that's when I knew, at that moment, You are beyond capable. You are more than your circumstances. You can do anything you put your mind to. Now you just have to want something seriously. That's so much more than just smoking by the beach. So, that's the story. That's how I got here. There's been other things that go on, and I'm sure there'll be another story time to explain more other things, yeah. But when somebody says, what did you do? I have no, I almost have nothing to say. Because I'm like, there's no fucking way. I'm not going to tell you to go sell drugs and go lose everything and break your leg and go be in a relationship, ask a bitch to marry you, and then say, no, never mind, try to get the bitch pregnant and pray every day that she's not going to, you know?
there was other situations in the relationship that was problematic, right? But that's not important to what I'm saying. Through that, through that darkness, through all those bad emotions, that's where I'm finding myself. Yeah. I'm grateful for everything that happened. I'm still learning to cope with anxiety. I'm still learning to cope with my trauma. But I'm I'm choosing to learn. I'm choosing to cope. I heard something interesting today. I meditated the day before I got started. I always meditate every day before I get started in the day. So I feel fear. But I choose growth. And I think that that explains this. You know, I feel, I definitely feel fear. But I choose growth. All right, so we've reached the end of episode 18, story time. I hope that through my story, you were able to connect, elaborate with yourself on what fear you feel, or what you choose to overcome. And um, I really just wanted to share it. Maybe the next time somebody said, what should I do? What should I do? I'll be like, go listen to episode 18. And if you want to follow any of that, you can. But if you don't, don't. You know, I don't know. I just wanted to share my story. A bit of my story. The so far part, right? But like always, I appreciate everybody who tuned in. And I look forward to creating the next podcast. All right. Peace. Last couple pages. I'm so connected to my notebook, it's only right that I write a tribute. For a long time, I believed my job was to dilute, hide behind as much bullshit as possible, then as a result, never truly pursue. Never mind what I allowed in and out of my life that denied that any of it was true. Though these are the last couple pages, I choose to spread myself through these last couple pages. It's hard to read any of these pages without feeling clueless, without feeding back into some of the same illusions. I feel my pain. I really, really hear what I'm saying, because it was me, yes. Because it was through the process I learned to see. Knowing in my heart that I'm blessed. This year I learned to walk again. I mean that literally. I learned to love myself again. This time I mean that sincerely. Each notebook I go through healing that seems to go deeper and deeper. Which has created new surfaces. Uncovering things that truly trigger me behind curtains. I'm holding on still. And Lord I thank you for teaching me to be still. To trust. To love. To remain indifferent. To reclaim my true sentence. Through you Lord I am. Through you, Lord, I can. A.B.